Welcome to the Senior Story Hour, where we share poems, stories, observations of life, written by the Franklin Senior Center Writers Group. So we are gathered again for the Senior Center Scribblers Writers Group, however we want to call ourselves. We're here! That's right. At the studio today for another recording session. Welcome all for another session to read what we've written painstakingly, hopefully not staying up at all hours, to share with the community. I think we're spring-loaded for success, Steve. Spring-loaded for success. That's right. I I emphasize the spring part because I think we're still in that roller coaster of weather. (laughs) You know, it's a spring day. Yeah, in February, we're pushing pushing on spring. Yeah. Because I, I hear there's inches of snow coming at us, but you know, <laughs> hopefully that'll pass quickly. So as the host, maybe today, at least uh-huh. the facilitator. And Steve, by the way, have I told you, you're doing a fine job. Oh, well, thank you. That's, you had not yet, we but all I agree. appreciate that. We yes. all agree. Here, here. A consensus has been formed. Consensus. That's a good word for 25 cents for today. So this is Steve Sherlock, in case you had not recognized that voice. And who else do we have with us? I'm Al Larkin. Linda Doonan. I'm Joe Ewald. I'm Alice Judge. Faith Flaherty here. I'm Peter J. And I'm Bill Wiley. And I think you said you had a weather poem for us. Yeah, I do, yeah. So that's a perfect segue. I had to force myself writing it, but. (laughs) Oh, well, you know. I call it crazy weather. The weather is crazy. It's warm or it's cold. One day the sun is shining, the next day wind does blow. We get two feet of snow. And next it's sunny. The weather is crazy, and it sure isn't funny. New England weather, never know what you'll get. One day I'm warm, the next day I'm all wet. (laughs) If I'm wet or I'm cold, I keep myself fit. I'll go for a walk. Oops, don't fall in that pit. I try to be happy. Don't let people get me down. I take lots of walks, and I don't wear a frown. Looking forward to spring, today I saw buds on the trees. In a couple of days, deep snow and we freeze. (laughs) Never thought I'd be a poet, but here I am, writing these words, do the best I can. Have to put something together for the radio show. Senior Skirbalos is the name, and away we go. And here is my poem, and the time did not fly. I struggle with words. So here is my poem, and the time did not fly. I struggle with words, and I just say goodbye. Bada boom. And through the magic of radio, Keith will go shopping for a rim shop. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, very good. So who wants to go next? Can I go next? You may, absolutely. Get it over with. (laughs) As I sit outside my window... I see the view of a once well-manicured lawn. I can remember the warmth of a clear, sunny day, a good time for picnics, and families getting together with kids running around and yelling joyfully. It is enjoying the simpler times. Over by the tree line, the table is covered with food, and it would make your mouth water. Of course, there were all the favorites, Caught in the cob, potato salad, hot dogs, hamburgs, steak, and shrimp. Need I say more? The beverages are cooling and covered with ice. And again, I will say no more. It was my hope to plan a picnic with no electronics. 
but this was known to cause some objections. After much deliberation, both positive and negative alike, our plans went ahead. It was time to disconnect and enjoy the day together. Table talk is to be uncontroversial only. Light-hearted conversation would do. And with the hustle bustle of our lives, we need to unwind and disconnect from technology. To guarantee this, all cell phones or computers were to remain in cars. And compliance of this would be the cost of the event. The tickets for the event went on sale and soon passed our expectations. Adjustments would have to be made for accommodations of such numbers. As sales soared, so did the people wanting to help in any way they could. It was heartwarming to see the reaction, for there were many times when this looked dismal. The number of volunteers washed away any of those worries. One volunteer in particular had two toddlers. So having so much experience with her own children, she said, I will put a small table together with first aid, one for water, one of band-aids for scraped knees, tissues, and all the other essentials. I must include, she said, a bucket of mum's hugs would be available for all emergencies. The day before the event, they said it would rain, and it did, sometime after midnight. But at dawn, the sun came out, bringing the bright blue of the sky. I arrive at the picnic, and it exceeded my expectations. Everyone bought a little something, and the tables were overflowing with snacks, lunch drinks, goodies, and desserts. I don't even want to think of how many calories I have so far consumed. I pulled myself away from the food table and found anxious toddlers and their fathers arranging a lineup for running races. Nearby, the youth group was forming by height and age. Now, would the fathers compete after the kids ran? That would remain to be seen. If you were asked about prizes, only the bragging rights would do. As I, wa I walked a little further, the next table had card games and checkers. There wasn't much conversation there, for everyone was occupied with their games. I could hear laughter, yelling, and cheering, so I decided to investigate. Not far away was a clearing and a water fight going on. All ages were participating in this one. Seeing them all drenched in water from all the fun made me wonder if anybody had thought of extra clothing. I continued exploring, passing over a dirt road. I followed the path to a softball game. Wives, mothers, and teenagers filled the sidelines cheering on the players. Those playing were not in uniform. It was just come as you are. So off cut jeans, shorts, swim trunks, and sweats. Everyone was enjoying the game. 
As the day wore on, the hot sun dried the field out, and it looked like talcum powder cloud as they slid into third base. I'm sure by the end of the game, the players would be looking to jump into the nearby lake. It was great to watch the fun they were having, as well as anticipating the cool water awaiting them. Speaking of the beach, it had been many a year since I had been at a lake and a beach, and I was amazed at the colorful array of flotation devices and buckets and shovels and sand toys. No longer do they have just black inner tubes. And in my day, we used coffee cups made of paper and our hands to make sand castles. Most important of all was that we used our imagination. Also, cars and trucks and the selection around these were all to be enjoyed. If you wanted to move sand, carry sand, and build castles, there was a toy for it. What is more fun than making a sand castle and at the end of the day, destroying it at the end? You can pretend to be King Kong or even use a catapult to destroy your sand castle. Let me tell you a bit about the volunteers. After all, they deserve some credit and a great big thanks for their time and effort. We had four volunteers who kept a good eye on the cars in the parking lot. Each one would have an hour, and this would ensure they had time to enjoy the family and take part in activities. One lady put up a sign near her table that said, Lost and Found, children included. She may not have been so busy, but she would be there if needed. There was one man, in case you ran out of table, every two hours who would make a run to the local convenience store should you need anything. The cleanup crew kept a good eye on the trash of the grounds. Each one was given a plastic bag and rubber gloves and did a great job on keeping the grounds tidy. Soon, it was that time of day when people were closing down and starting to pack up. Trips to the car were made, and it was time to be heading home. Parents were weary. The teenagers were bored and wanting to go home. Some of the young kids were tired and cranky, and others were sad to leave. It was easy to see that all had a fabulous day. Some inquiries were made about an event for next year. My answer would have to get over this one before we thought of next year. I would keep it in mind, was always my answer. To your question about inquiries of an event next year, keep this in mind. I am in a writer's group. My assignment was to write a thousand words. So you are part of my imagination, and I hope you had fun at the picnic. Maybe I will see you next year. Shades of Norman Rockwell. Yeah, shades of. (laughs) Yeah, I could picture all that. Yeah. Took took us all out to the sunshine and the dust on the ball fields and the splashing of the waters. Spacious. It accommodated all folks. (laughs) Yes, yeah. 
Who wants to go next? I'm going to read a portion of a chapter of my book, uh, Murders, Bad Press. And my protagonist is Allison Peters, and she has a mother who lives with this um, bodybuilder 10 years younger than her. (laughs) And uh, she has a... She has... Uh, a sister, Joan, who's married to Doug, and they have a little boy, Timmy. And Mother has summoned all of these people to her house for dinner. And Joan and Allison are wondering when the shoe will drop <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the evening. So here we go. We got food on our table. It looked quite festive, and I was hungry. Everyone sat down. Timmy wanted to sit next to my mother. She adored him and vice versa. I think my mother knew she screwed up with Joan and me, was trying to make up for it with Timmy. Plus, she was older. One would think wisdom came with age. With mother, though, the jury was still out. (laughs) Mother helped Timmy with his servings, mostly mashed potatoes, because it was his favorite. Mother persuaded him to leave some for others. I sat next to Joan and Doug. Ronnie sat on the other side of my mother and next to Joan. I wasn't going to tell Mother about getting fired, so I hoped she wouldn't ask about my job. I figured I'd wait until I got another job and then tell her that I left to advance myself. I did want to tell Joan about it as soon as possible when we were alone, however. Talk around the dinner table centered on what good table manners Timmy had and what a good boy he was. We all adored Timmy, even Ronnie. He had grown children that he never saw from a first marriage. He married upon his high school graduation. His girlfriend was 16, more than likely pregnant. It lasted 10 years. My thought was... He was probably a deadbeat dad, probably on a police flyer somewhere, as owing thousands of dollars for child support. Mother cut the pie and passed it to the men. They took it without any acknowledgement and started eating. I passed Joan a slice and looked at, and she looked at me. I shook my head. She cut herself a piece. I bit into my apple, which I had brought from home, with vengeance. Mother, she, Joan, proclaimed, this pie is delicious. I looked at the pie with longing. Mother had another piece of pie, probably to prolong my agony. Joan pleaded being stuffed. We cleared the dishes, ran the dishwasher, and cleaned the counters. Girls, let's go into the library now. I want to talk with you. Mother was a person of many moods. It was impossible to read hers now, as Joan and I followed her into our family room. Mother insisted on calling it the library, but the last time I was in the room, there wasn't a book to be found. She had changed the furniture around. I sat in a small grouping of chairs, By the window, Joan drew up the chair next to me. Mother stood. She again told us how nice it was to have the family together. There's only four of us now, and we must support each other. I assumed she was referring to my sister, Doug, me, and her. Mother started 
pacing, she turned to us, tried to speak but couldn't. Just spit it out, I said. Okay, here goes. The health club is going to cost a lot more than Ronnie and I thought. Do you have the land, Joan inquired. Mother said they had looked at several parcels. The land was the least of the cost. The equipment in building the health club would be exorbitant. How much, Joan wanted to know. Mother looked like she might cry. At least $100,000 would put us in good shape. This is why a business plan is needed, I said. Then you know from the start the bottom line. Mother threw me a dirty look. She didn't want me to interject common sense into the mix, I knew. But didn't somebody? I felt sorry for Mother. This had been a dream she and Ronnie had, but it hadn't worked out. But my mother needed compassion from me at this point. I'm sorry it didn't work out. Well, it could, Mother answered. Both Joan and I chorused our question, how? I can take the money your father left me. Ronnie and I could take a loan on the rest, but we'll need operating expenses. That's where you girls come in. I sat frozen in my chair. Ah, the purpose of our chummy get-together today. What do you mean you'll take the money Dad left you and put it in one, into one venue? Allison, calm down. Hear me out. I'm trying to stay calm. Dad left that money to you so you could live the rest of your life in comfort without worrying about where your next meal was coming from. Now you're going to blow it on Charles Atlas in the other room, I said. I won't have you talking about Ronnie like, like that. We are deeply in love. The only thing he loves about you is your money, I said, ignoring Joan's warning look. If you're going to be like that, I'm not going to talk to you, Mother said, turning to Joan. A look at Joan told me she would be the quiet, compliant one again. Sometimes I was quick to give opinions, but I needed my sister on my side now, and it didn't look like it was going that way. There were times I thought Joan enjoyed my being the heavy. Tears came to my eyes. Mother, I just got fired. Joan and Doug are working two jobs each to make the bills. Have you thought of anyone but yourself? My mother was furious. Your father was very generous with you two girls. I realize the mutual funds you have are yours, and your father meant for them to pave a brighter future for you. But don't you see? This is it. By investing in the health club, you'll get your money back with interest. I laughed. You've got to be kidding. It's true, Allison. You and Joan will have shares in the club, and as it expands, so will your investment. Shit, I said. Well, it's true. Allison, you're always so hot-headed. Why don't you listen to what Ronnie and I have to say about the health club? It's going to the pri be the prize of Sandy Ridge. I shot up out of the chair. What the hell are you thinking of? Jones stood up. Alice, calm. Allison, calm down. Let's hear what they have to say. I don't want to hear what testosterone Charlie has to say. I started for the doorway. This could be a huge success. Doug and Joan will keep the benefits, and you'll be left hanging as always. With your temper, I'm not surprised you got fired. Mother always had to. 
have a parting shot. I turned, not wanting to give her that. Just once, I said, just once, I'd like to see you do something unselfish. But instead, you always have your hand out. There's no way that I'm going to give you Dad's money that he left me. And if that's a- there's any way possible, I will stop you from spending what he left you. Have you given any thought into what you're asking of Joan? She and Doug want to have another child, but no, they can't afford it right now. Suppose your venue doesn't go well and your daughters lose money. Won't you feel remorse at having ruined their lives? I was on a roll. And another thing, people your age are supposed to be saving their money to have a comfortable retirement, spending time on things they always wanted to do before but couldn't. Besides, it's one thing for you to lose your money, but if we all do, who will take care of you? Don't count on Ronnie. When the money is gone, so is the lover boy. I ran out of the room. Mother ran after me, screaming, I deserve that money. It's mine. He was a drunken bastard, and I earned that money. Ah. (laughs) Got to the front closet, grabbed my jacket, and headed for the front door. I had trouble maneuvering the door handle because of tears blurring my vision. Ronnie came down to the foyer. His face registered concern. Leaving? Can't we talk about this? You creep, you won't be getting any of my money, so forget it. I pushed past him, fumbled for my car keys, jumped in, and hot-footed out of there. Wow. <laughs> All quiet on the home front. <laughs> A typical Sunday afternoon with your family. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, the book that many of you are familiar with that I worked on, uh, which is called Down Rising Run. Musing over it during the past uh, couple of months, um, I felt like I still needed some more glue to keep it really together, and I wrote an additional chapter. Uh, So I've added eight pages to it, which really helps to underscore the person who is the hero of the book. So in this chapter, we have three main characters. Uh, Skylar Wingham, who is our inadvertent hero. Young guy, the helper. We have his boss, Fender Dillman, who has a moving and storage company and salvage and all that other stuff. Uh, and, uh, and a writer, uh, Jake Key, who moved back to Rising Run, and they're all meeting uh, for breakfast at Dory's Diner, which is where all of this begins, so set the stage. I claim this parking spot for Spain. Huh, what? Huh? <laughs> Fender's momentary glance snapped to a double take. Seated in his usual spot, a booth by the window at Dory's, Enjoying his usual waffles, he was transfixed. Even his fork was transfixed. Frozen in mid-lift, halfway to its gaping destination, maple syrup dripping dangerously from a hefty payload of waffles. When faced with the sudden and unexpected, most folks might go for that instinctive fight-or-flight reaction. However, at this moment, A lovely dawn, 72, sunny, with no threats to beat back or run from. Neither survival instinct was the best fit. This left Fender and his fork to rummage through his mental inventory of life experiences for a third option. 
or at least a fair explanation. Finding none, fender and fork slipped from transfixed to merely flummoxed. Now, forks being what they are, this one was crestfallen after missing an opportunity to be brandished as a weapon. It would be back to the dishwasher for another go-round. Seated across the table with his omelet, Jake noted Fender's reaction, turned to the window, and, huh? More transfixed staring and fight-flight flummoxing. They were both staring at Skyler, standing in a parking lot next to his truck, arm raised in strident purpose, lofting a long stick with a red, wide-load safety flag attached. I claim this parking spot for Spain. Schuyler then turned and repeated, I claim this here parking spot for Spain. Satisfied with his declaration to no one in particular, he tossed the stick flag back into the truck, and when Schuyler walked in and sat next to Jake Fender, it just had to ask. So, uh, Wings, you looking to reserve a parking spot? How come Spain needs some place to park? You got relations coming we don't know about? <laughs> Schuyler had read a story about the Spanish explorers and the conquistadors and how they went all around the New World claiming lots of places for Spain. Blank stares from Spender and Jake indicated that they were waiting for more. An explanation or a punchline, either one would do. And Schuyler went on, I wanted to know what it's like to claim someplace. But there's no New World-type land around. Even if there is, I bet it's probably too far to drive. So I figured to try it out on an open parking spot. Since there's always plenty around here, I figured it'd be okay. Even after I claim it for Spain, anyone who wants can still park on it. A long pause to figure out where this is going. <laughs> Fender waded into whatever shallow logic there was. <laughs> okay, so what if Spain shows up and wants it? I mean, you did claim it for them. Another long pause. Uh, yeah, I suppose. So who can I claim it for? Jake chimed in with some historical perspective. Schuyler considered that the conquistadors were not a very nice crowd at all. They were downright nasty. They just came and stole land, gold, whatever they wanted. Another long pause. But I do like exploring new places like they did. Exploring showed folks the new world. How can I explore without stealing stuff? And if turns out it's okay to name a place and claim it, who can I claim it for? Fender said, where's your cabin at? Last hope, everybody knows that. Okay, maybe start there and claim it for yourself. Jake saw an opening where he might move Schuyler's notion toward something resembling a logical conclusion. So, your neighbors in last hope, they good folks? Maybe some of them could use a claim. Uh, I suppose that's true. And Jake continued, You know, Wings, Last Hope is not an actual official place place. It's just part of where we all happen to live. This is all an unincorporated region. So maybe you could explore and stake out claims for what you think should be part of Last Hope. In theory, I suppose you could even claim it for your neighbors. Oh, you think that kind of claiming's okay? Why not? I don't see where folks would take issue if you made any claims on their behalf. Whatever you think makes for a fair enough claim could be for folks to share. Think of it as being like a commonwealth. So when you're claiming land or stuff, you're not really conquering or stealing anything. You're proclaiming for the public. A commonwealth. 
Yeah, that's when a new community is established for the public good. A commonwealth brings to all the folks who live in it. Some states are defined as commonwealths in their constitutions. States can have constitutions? I thought there was only the U.S. one. Actually, many places have their own constitutions. They're official proclamations about who folks are and the most important things they stand for. A long pause. Long enough to finish their breakfast in a companionable silence while Schuyler thought some more about claiming, proclaiming, and commonwealths. So Schuyler tossed out one last question. Boss, how big is a commonwealth? Jake said, I'm not exactly aware of a size requirement. I assume it's just whatever size a community says it is, whether it's big or small. The key point is that everyone who lives in it shares in the benefit of the public buildings and services. A few days later, a hand-drawn sign appeared along the dusty road leading from the junction toward Last Hope. Welcome to our common wealth of Last Hope. Have a nice day. Um, <laughs> uh, mm, mm. It gives me new meaning to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Okay, my little shot piece. Your shot piece? Yeah. Go for it. I have three of these, Faith and Fido Fables. This is the third. The first one was an introduction. The second one was where somebody stole my raincoat. Yes, okay. we recall that one. Yep. Yeah, okay. I had a hard time thinking why anybody would s- steal a raincoat unless you were a flasher. And <laughs> 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 but I did come up with this. Fido catches the thief. Faith's rescue cat, Fido, was destroying the newspaper. For some reason, Fido loved to sit on the paper, kick it around, hide under it, scratch it up into shreds. Maybe it was the scent of newsprint. Whatever it was, it was like catnip to Fido. Today, however, Fido separated the pages. One section of the paper had been flown out of Fido's jumble of chaos. I checked the date of the paper before going to discard it in the recycle bin. Much to my chagrin, it was this morning's Boston Globe. Oh, Fido, not today's paper. Fido looked at me questioningly. I sat down to read what was left of the Globe. I had been cleaning all morning and needed a break. A cup of tea to read what's happening sounded good to me. The first thing I noticed was a picture on the page for local news. There was my raincoat. Yes, my very own raincoat that had been stolen by a salesman. (laughs) Yes, I remember it very well because it was so bizarre. A man had been going around the neighborhood selling solar panels. He had pushed his way through my front door, reached in and swiped my raincoat right off the coat rack. And it wasn't even a rainy day. (laughs) Why would he need a raincoat? Here it was in this picture. It was from the police department. It was put in the paper with the hope that someone could help find him. He had robbed a group of stores in the town plaza. A security camera had taken a good image of him. Well, he had a ski mask over his face, so I couldn't say I recognized him, but I know my raincoat anywhere. I had sewn a button on with the wrong colored thread. Fido had pulled the button off while playing, and I didn't have that particular color thread, so I used what I had. Here was that black button 
sewn on with white thread glaring at me. Hey, Fido, look at this. My ring coat was used as a disguise to commit a crime. And I know who did it because I kept his business card after he sold my raincoat. <laughs> Let's call the police. Now, don't be surprised if you see Fido in the newspaper. After all, if she hadn't pulled my button off, I would never have recognized the raincoat thief. Fido had inadvertently led the police to the man. Fido is a hero. I love her. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Whoa. Not as good as a flash. It's a cat. Isn't huh? yeah. <laughs> it a cat? Fido, Fido lives to bark another day. <laughs> oh, was it a dog? I thought it was a cat. It's it a cat. is a cat. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, bark sounds better than him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would refer to him as the perfect hero. Perfect. What a great imagination you have. You want to go, Joe? Yep. Okay, my little thing here. Um, as you all well know, this month is Black History Month. Yes. So I am going to go over a few things that uh, applauds black history. And my starting point has to start from somewhere. So the logical point was South Africa, where before the white men moved in, uh, it was basically ru ruled by tribes, including the most famous one, Zulus, Shaka Zulu. Who can uh, forget him? So once the white men moved in, things changed. Especially, um, I think the Dutch might have started um, the slave thing. But anyway, we moved to the Amistad, the famous ship that came from Africa and uh, came to the United States, where there was some controversy about their slave status, and of course, who can forget John Quincy Adams arguing for their behalf? And I don't think he won, but it was very commendable that he did that. And we also have other heroes during that time. Harriet Tubb, who almost got onto a $20 bill, but those plans they took a rain check on that one. <laughs> and then, of course, there's a great book by Colson Whitehead called The Underground Railroad, which I highly recommend reading that if you want to really get into Black History Month. Then, of course, you had the statesman Frederick Douglass. Can't forget about him. And then also a little thing that hits home here in Massachusetts about the black regiment soldiers that fought for our country. And you can see that in the movie Glory. Really, really um, not a bad picture to check out. Then, of course, we cannot forget the Tuskegee, am I saying it right? The Tuskegee Airmen from World War II. And that was, they were much heralded for the deeds that they did while flying their aircrafts. Then, of course, the first black person to win an Academy Award as Best Actor was the late Sidney Poitier. So we applied for him. He won Best Actor for Lilies of the Field. If you ever want to catch that one, 
That would be a good one, too. Then, of course, another statesman, can't forget about this guy, is um, Colin Powell. Great, great uh, stand-up figure, presented himself very well, and one of America's heroes. Last but not least, of course, we still have one more guy to go. And who could that be? Martin Luther King, who had ties here in Massachusetts. My brother Bill was at his I Have a Dream speech, and he was there with all those people, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. I forget where that was. It was either in Washington or in Atlanta. But um, I know that um, he went there. So uh, I saved the best for last. And my little take on this thing is, um, and I agree if it is uh, Black Lives Matter, big time. But me and myself, I like to take it a little further and say all lives matter. So I salute Black History Month for February. How appropriate. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Very good. good. Thank you. Mm. Good, good. Al, you yeah. ready? Yeah, I am. Uh, follow you along uh, in a similar theme. <laughs> First, I have to talk about my granddaughter. Uh, my wife and I have a granddaughter, Kate, uh, a California girl, and she's uh, been active in uh, in entertainment and doing short films. And now she uh, has been going to uh, South Dakota with her cameraman for a number of months, and she's come up with a lot of film footage, and uh, she's ready to make a full-feature film if she can get uh, the backing uh, all of the investors. And uh, her focus has been on the uh, Lakota Sioux team at uh, Pine Ridge there. Mm. And... Uh, so, uh, so for her story about the Native Indian uh, and their their lifestyle now and what they're doing uh, is uh, something that she's trying to promote and uh, and have some success in getting backers. So, I looked into it. I started googling as I'm interested in what she found there, and I get some updates from her, her mother, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she tells me how, how she's been working and all the time she's been out there. And she has a great uh, reputation with the Indians. They're very fond of her, and uh, she's a pretty straight shooter, and she's very knowledgeable and asked all the right questions and, and has taken uh, you know, some, some great uh, shots of what's going on there. So when I looked at uh, and Google it and I see the conditions they're living in, it uh, inspired me to write a lament for the Indian. Mm -hmm. Freestanding people once, theirs the earth and sky, elders for their wisdom, learning life's lesson within their maker's kingdom. People long of origin with horizons unfettered, herded together now with freedom unsettled. Once had territory, Others looked to possess, made them defensive, giving reason to aggress. Attempts at peace broken time after time, stolen from people 
life once thought sublime. Families with needs, many not being met. Over the years, seeing so much neglect. Structure of family, somewhat fractured. Could use renewal in return of stature. People who matter, not lacking in spirit. Proud of their ancestry while trying to fit. Education and voting is key to their future. Strength in numbers and the will to endure. Mm. Well the done. will to endure. It, you don't hear much about the Indians, but they all cause, and it hasn't really changed much. No. Well, Steve... At this point, there is one holdout. One holdout. And I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> the Quiet Poet has a couple of things on the side here. So a couple of short ones. Um, I think some of you heard in one of our earlier sessions, I made a trip to Boston for the Van Gogh uh, immersive experience. So I did three shirku. I called it a dry triptych, and I'll explain why it's dry. <laughs> Certainly the immersion implies getting all wet, and I didn't, so. <laughs> Dry number one. Very few remakes are better than the original, so which one is art? Number one. Very few remakes are better than the original, so which one is art? Um, the immersive experience doesn't actually have any of the original art. It's all reproductions, and then digital explosions on the walls in one particular room. So it really raises the question, what is art? It certainly is an experience and a conversation starter. Number two, I went to the Van Gogh immersive exhibit and did not even get wet. Number two, I went to the Van Gogh immersive exhibit and did not even get wet. And that's where the dryness of the triptych comes in. Third one's really around a quote of his, which I worked into this as well. I dream of painting, then I paint my dream. If only we could all do that. I dream of painting, then I paint my dream. If only we could all do that. And I know a lot of us are trying in words to paint that image, that dream, mm, that place. Right the Neverland <laughs> yeah. that we're all creating. And then a local kind of current one, many people around probably saw as you traveled by the town common, the hearts of kindness are out there. So I did one for the hearts of kindness. Masked or not, life on the edge or not, let's find within ourselves hearts of kindness. Masked or not, Life on the edge or not. Let's find within ourselves hearts of kindness. Mm. Mm. Nice. I get immersed in your passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Indeed. So that was a good round, I think, quite a variety. Uh, some, mm. some common themes through there, but that's kind of typical when we've come together. So hopefully the listeners will appreciate and enjoy and other seniors who would like to join us certainly reach out to the senior center and figure out 
when we meet. We're usually at the Senior Center at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays, and then once a month we're here at the studio to do a recording, which now you're here. You will eventually hear the production of. Exactly. I would remind people of the old Groucho Marx line. I don't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member. <laughs> but that said, that said, we welcome all. <laughs> and we encourage you to write and, in fact, gradually become better at writing by whatever association with us that you care to admit to. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll allow people to keep their distance. No, I wasn't there, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, please, you know, we have a lot of fun. So please feel free to inquire about joining our group, and uh, that would be a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Indeed, because practice we all need <laughs> in order to get to that perfection, whatever well, it is. <laughs> you're only as good as the last time you did it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get better and better. Well, I think this is the part where we've done a great job filling out the hour, and hope that you guys will all join us again for another episode. I'm Peter J. Steve Sherlock. Al Larkin. Linda Doonan. Joe Ewald. Alice Church. The One True Faith. Bill Wiley. Thanks for being with us here on Senior Story Hour. Until the next time, I'm Peter J. Remember, be they laced with gravity, levity, wisdom, or whimsy, the meaning, experiences of life become a little larger when you share them, when you take a moment to commit pen to paper and just write. This is FPR, Franklin Public Radio.